Um, so are we ready to go on to our... Hated, uh, hated by the world. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. It's all you. Well, well, welcome to the Grace Minutes program. We're glad you've tuned in. I have David Bigler with me again, and all this week, uh, he has Iron Sheep Ministries, and one of the ministries of Iron Sheep Ministries is Apostle Talk, and this broadcast is Dual Purpose aired on the Grace Minutes program as you hear today, but it's also going to go up on Apostle Talk on his website. Uh, David, why don't you tell us a little about that in case people want to hear this again. Yeah, ApostleTalk.org is where you can find that. Iron Sheep Ministries uh, is ironsheep.org, but specifically the easy one to go to to find these videos. Individually, each segment will be up there, ApostleTalk.org, and it's going to be November's uh, video. They're going to air in November starting on the 2nd of November. So one of the advantages of radio is you can listen while you're in your car driving from point A to point B or you're doing whatever else you're doing and that requires your attention of your eyes, but you can tune your ears to the radio. But if you want to tune in and see this, you actually get to see the faces. I'm not so sure that's a positive, <laughs> but... You're a beautiful man. I've you had should people, look at your face. I've <laughs> had people tell me that I have a face for radio. So... <laughs> Uh, on that note, let's talk about something a little bit, uh, uh, let's, let's talk about being hated for our faith. That's our subject today, right? Yes, yes. I encourage all those that, that listen to me uh, to just get used to being hated by the world. Get comfortable with being hated by, expect, that. don't go out and try to get hated by the world. Just follow Jesus and realize he promises you will. Just following him, you will end up being hated by the world. And we find he promised his disciples and equipped them uh, in the upper room discourse. That's what it's usually referred to in the Gospel of John. Uh, in John chapter 15, uh, Jesus is speaking in the midst of the upper room discourse. And I'm going to start, pick it up at verse 17, where he gives them the command. He re says, that, again, these things I command you, that you love one another, this command. I love the fact that our, the major job description of all, every one of us is to love people with the love of God, to love our brethren, mm -hmm. uh, to love the lost. That's, I like that job description. That's my command. But he said that because it's so important for us to love and be loved in the body of Christ, hopefully in a local church assembly, and then everywhere we go if in fellowship in the body of Christ, to have this love of God because that is our foundation that prepares us to be hated by the world. If we know we're loved by God, first of all and foremost, that gives us a great foundation. Then if we know we're loved by our brothers and sisters and the body of Christ, that helps us and encourages us because as we go on in our ministry to be witnesses, which we'll get into tomorrow's broadcast, uh, we're going to come up against some hatred, some opposition. Yeah, absolutely. Because first of all, the powers of darkness, if you don't have any enemies, uh, which I have a few, very few, I don't even know if I can call them enemies because they're not actively pursuing or persecuting me, but there's very, very few people that really don't like me, mm. maybe even hate me. There mm. might be some that hate me. I'm not sure, but very, very few. But, uh, but that could change at any moment. But the devil and the demons, they are your enemies. They hate you. And they are out to stop you, bring trouble into your life, using temptation if they can to get you uh, off, sidelined in sin, um, candidate for chastisement by yeah. our Heavenly Father. Uh, but once 
you make some progress in the kingdom of God and you're making some impact and people are actually coming to Christ through your testimony. You're actually making disciples. That's what we're all called to do, to make disciples. Once we present a formidable threat to the power of darkness, uh, we definitely risk having enemies, flesh and blood enemies. Yeah. If you're doing a good job, he's going to uh, put you in his crosshairs. Yeah. So after and... Jesus gave the command to love one another in verse 18, he says, if and this is a, I believe this is an if and it is the case. There's three different ifs in the scripture. One is if and it is, if and it is not, or if and it may or may not be. But I think this is one of those ifs and it is the case yeah. that the world hates you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Mm. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore... The world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. This is verse 20. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. And so we find here in the Upper Room Discourse, Jesus prepared his disciples. Now, if we look at church history, we know that, that 10 of the original 12 were martyred. Yeah. The only one that survived and died a natural death. They tried. Death. Yeah. They tried to boil him in oil three yeah. times. Yeah. John. He just wouldn't cook. Yeah. John, who wrote this. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought about that on several occasions. <laughs> I wonder, uh, you know, what his response was every time they pulled him out of the boiling oil. Was he smiling, waving, <laughs> thumbing his nose? <laughs> nice sauna, guys. That's I a know. nice hot sauna. I, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I have to say that this subject of being comfortable with being hated uh, that's a tough one, especially uh, for times like these, especially for today. It's always a tough thing, but um, social media, social media is such a drive to show a face, to show a reality, and to, sh to because you instantly get feedback. You post a photo of, of your lunch, or you did this thing, or you did that, and you instantly get feedback. It's no longer previous to social media, like go back, let's just go back 50 years or so. You have your network of people that you're connected with, but it's much more one-on-one, -on -one, whereas now you say something and it, it goes on social media. Now that small network that you have of like, I don't know, 20 people or so, now it could be 200 that are suddenly looking at this one thing that you did. And so this fear, this fear of being ostracized, this fear of being canceled, this fear of being called out and, and having it forever be online um, is such a driver and it's such a challenge that we face today. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't post much on social media. I, I go on my Facebook account once in a while just to make sure that people are trying to get a hold of me. They can, but I don't. Uh, and this is Iron Sheep. You're putting this out there as content. I don't know if you're getting hate mail from it or not, but uh, hopefully your audience is those that are tuning in are those that really appreciate. They want to be here. I get keyboard warriors. I get uh, those people, especially on YouTube. The comments on YouTube are where I see, uh, I filter every comment, meaning that I will allow people who make comments on the videos that disagree with me. I love that. I have no problem with that. And I encourage the discourse. That's fine. But with those people who come on and just say, um, you're crazy, you're whacked. Actually, I still include those as well. But some of the things that people say, uh, I get it. I do get the, the hate comments of you're nuts. They typically don't take that much time. So uh, in lieu of how much time we have, what advice 
would you give for a person who, especially the younger generations, like I'm 43 years old. Uh, I remember uh, when Facebook first was launched. Uh, it, I'm not going to go into that story, but um, I remember when Facebook was first launched and I thought, well, that is such a waste of your time. Who is going to care what I had for lunch? Why are they going to care about that? But there are people who are um, addicted. And I do use the word addicted is a very strong word for it um, and appropriate that are constantly on social media. And everything that they do is portraying this persona that may or may not be them. So for them, they have their following as an influencer that they want to be. So to come out and say something that goes against what the masses will like, that is a huge challenge. So what advice would you give for that person? Let's say there's someone who is 16, 17 years old, that they are a Christ follower, but they have all of their friends on social media, all of their following. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, to pray before you post. Ooh. Yeah. Is this something you want me? Father, do you want me to present this to whosoever will? Does this reflect me? Yes. As far as reflecting God, does this reflect Christ, what you're posting? Or is this just done to build up you? Yeah. yeah. And then if your purpose in your post is just to put yourself out there, well, then you're going to get what you get. If your purpose in posting is to glorify God, then expect that those that don't want to glorify God are going to give you some heat and some hate. And those that do want to glorify God will, will give you the thumbs up and positive comments. So your purpose in posting, is it to glorify God? Is it to promote the kingdom? Or is it just to put your life out there open to attaboys and applause or raspberries or, you know, yeah. crucify? <laughs> I'm the uh, youth leader at our church. And uh, there are um, several of our parents don't allow their kids on social media. And I completely get it. Uh, if I don't have any children, but if I had a kid that was in junior high, um, I, w I would be very leery of it. And for some that are listening to this right now or watching, perhaps the answer is get off of social media. You don't have to be on it. Imagine it's like, oh, what if I shut it down? Yeah, what would happen? What's the worst case thing that would happen? Yeah. Well, the, the worst case thing is you just have to focus on real life without it. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, let, you're going too far there. You're going too far. You mean I'd have to actually live the life that I'm portraying? You know, because the life I'm portraying on social media, that looks beautiful. That looks great. That life is perfect. Whereas a Christian, we realize we aren't perfect. None of us are perfect. And so we shouldn't strive to be perfect. We should strive to be real, to be real with people because that's what testifies to a true faith is being real, being real about having real problems and real challenges. And then when God taps on your shoulder and gives you those butterflies, that's to me is the indicator that the Holy Spirit is, is calling you out and challenging you to do something is when you feel those butterflies. A friend says something and you're like, should I pray for them? Should, should I pray for them? Should I say something? A very, just a quick tip. If you feel those butterflies, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you right then and there to stand out on faith. And some people will make this statement of, well, I'm going to pray for you because that's such an easy thing to say. But my challenge is say, hey, I want to pray for you. Would you mind if I pray for you right now? And even if a person isn't a believer, heck, even if there's an atheist, if they're dealing with something right in that moment, the person who would say, no, you can't pray for me. 
nine times out of 10, when I have ever said to a person that I didn't know how they're going to respond, can I pray for you right now? Like, yes, that'd be fantastic. And then I'm able to witness to them by simply not even, uh, my prayer is genuine and it is honestly asking God to come into their life and help them with this issue that they're facing, realizing that in Christ, Christ can solve this for them by changing them from the inside out. I'm going on a whole, I'm preaching now. I apologize. And you know, if we, if we get comfortable with being hated by the world and do fulfill our ministry in presenting the gospel, preaching the gospel, making disciples, we're going to have enemies. Yeah. Well, that's okay because we're called to love our enemies. How are you ever going to fulfill that call of God if you have no enemies? How are you ever going to exercise that mandate that Jesus gave us? And it's in Matthew, it's, uh, I believe it's chapter 5 and verse 44, to love our enemies. So we have to have a few enemies if we're going to love them. And we find the testimony of persecuted brethren that often as they show forgiveness to their persecutors, love and kindness to those that are doing them, doing despitefully using them. Yeah. Uh, it's often the love that wins the persecutors. And you'll read those testimonies, Fox's Book of Martyrs, voice yeah. of the voice yeah. of the martyrs ministry. You know, as uh, man, I, both of those. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. uh, what came into my head immediately is is that reading through Fox's Book of Martyrs and then looking at Voice of the Martyrs, I'm sitting here talking about my perspective of being hated for your faith, and I'm talking about dislikes on Facebook. <laughs> That's what I'm talking yeah. about, and how silly and 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 just inconsequential is that in comparison to life-threatening situations where you come out and you say that you are a Christ follower, it could cost you your life. Yeah, they're getting murdered, martyred. Their houses are getting built, burned That's down. They're losing family members. Yeah. And yet they forgive their persecutors, pray for them, continue, in some cases, continue to minister to them, stay in the places where their lives are in danger and continue to present the gospel and often have testimonies of divine protection and often have testimonies of paying with their life's blood. It's going to be a challenge for the rest of my life. Well, maybe we'll get into this subject or launch into another one in tomorrow's broadcast. But David, thanks so much for being my guest on Grace Minutes. Please join us again at the same time. It's so hard to keep, like we just get going (laughs) and then all of a sudden we got to stop. I know. I'm used to that rhythm for for decades of radio, but yeah, yeah, for you. Yeah, it's awesome. I could see, you know, maybe you need to expand it to a half hour. Maybe you need an hour. Maybe you start taking uh, airtime from Joe Rogan <laughs> if he has a little to spare. I've had people mention that before, but budget-wise, 15 oh, minutes does what we needed to do. Yeah. And uh, so. So that was, uh, what, number three? That was number three. Awesome. So now number four is witnessing in this time in history. Yeah. Uh, we good to keep going? Jake's good. Pastor, you good? Yep. Good to go. I'll hand it off to you. Okay.